What's up, citizens of Apologia? This is King Ginger, and I just wanted to take a moment to encourage you all to sign up for Apologia All Access. When you sign up for Apologia All Access, you're going to get exclusive on-demand content. This means that you and your entire family are going to get to watch every single TV show, every single after show, and every single Apologia Academy with new content dropping every single week. But most importantly, your contribution helps Apologia Studios create quality, Christ-centered entertainment that reaches millions of people on our YouTube channels and through our podcast with the gospel. So what are you waiting for? Change everything at ApologiaRadio.com. I don't want to rock the boat. I want to sink it. Are you going to bark all day, little doggy, or are you going to bite? Brett, delusional is okay in your worldview. I'm an animal. You don't chastise chickens for being delusional. You don't chastise pigs for being delusional. So you calling me delusional using your worldview is perfectly okay. It doesn't really hurt. (laughs) She hung up on me. Yes! Yes! What? What? Desperate times call for faithful men and not for careful men. The careful men come later and write the biographies of the faithful men, lauding them for their courage. Go into all the world and make disciples. Not go into the world and make buddies. Not to make brosives. Right. Don't go into the world and make homies. Right. Disciples. Well, I, yeah. got, I got a bit of a jiggle neck. <laughs> That's a joke, Pastor. When we have the real message of truth, we cannot let somebody say they're speaking truth when yeah. they're not. Take an amazing journey to a place that will blow your mind and move your heart so you will never be the same again. Be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit based on human tradition based on the elemental forces of the world and not based on Christ. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Apologia Radio. This is the gospel heard around the world. Had a little... What's up? That was joy. That was joy. Sorry about what? that. Oh, she committed the radio sin of having a radio. <laughs> she, she pulled a Marcus. Oh, welcome to another episode of Apology Radio, guys. We're back again in the studio, uh, and uh, we're ready to go for another episode of Apology Radio. I'm in the studio with Luke the Bear Pearson. What's up? Joy the Girl is here. Hello. And Marcus King Ginger is on the ones and twos. Yep. I'm Jeff the Ninja, and uh, Luke, can we hook us up with some background music I now? Sure, I sure can. Let us update you as to what is going on. First and foremost, go to endabortionnow.com endabortionnow.com if you guys hadn't heard yet God blessed us with the entire way the full budget is taken care of now for this next year our fight uh, for justice for the unborn Um, that is all underway and some big things are happening so go to endabortionnow.com keep keep checking back guys because that is underway right now it's being worked on so you'll be able to go there get connected with your church get uh, equipped get trained get what you need to go and bring the gospel to the front lines, to um, uh, let people know about the hope that there is in Jesus Christ in the gospel, and also to offer help uh, to care for their needs. That's what's taking place. And so go to End Abortion Now to get all the info on that. Also go to ApologiaRadio.com, get all the past episodes. Share an episode with one of your brosifs. Share an episode with someone you love, guys. There's all kinds. There's about 200 of them, guys, and we have... Uh, gone across the whole spectrum. We've done things on abortion, big topic right now. We've done things on creation, apologetics, uh, the gospel, reform theology. We've had some amazing, amazing guests on over the last couple of years. And so um, go to apologiaradio.com and get an episode. Also, if you haven't signed up for All Access yet, 
When you do, you partner with Apologia Church in our work to get the gospel to the ends of the earth and to provide a defense for the biblical worldview. And so um, when you sign up for All Access, you also get the television shows. You get, of course, the after shows. You also get Apology Academy, where you can get equipped and trained in uh, the biblical worldview and apologetics. And so go there. Some fantastic stuff is there right now. Uh, so, hey, can we can we talk about the lunch that we had this week? Uh, yeah. Okay, we'll hold off. Well, yeah, I, it's exciting. It's very exciting. We can't share it just okay. Yet. Not All just right. yet. All right. So let me just say this. Okay, we're working on some very very awesome, very cool things that are going to change. Just, I think, the way that media is done generally. Um, but it's all underway right now, and you'll be, you'll know in the next month. I think you'll know in the next month as to what's up with that, guys. So um, let's talk just briefly about what happened this past weekend in Phoenix. Across the country, uh, there were women's marches, uh, feminist marches across yeah. the United States of America. The main one was in Washington, D.C., all kinds of headliners. There was Ashley Judd. There was Cecil Richards, um, the Fuhrer. Uh, Cecil <laughs> Fear, <laughs> the, uh, Cecil Richards That's was there. Awesome, and uh, I mean all kinds of people. So we actually were on the way to the women's march here in Phoenix, and we got to we just listened to it live uh, the whole way, and it was uh, it was interesting. And mm-hmm. I hope that people didn't have a lot of kids watching. Let's put it that way. Because all those yeah. nasty women. Oh, we didn't talk about Madonna either. She, uh, yeah, I mean, she said she's gonna blow up the White House. No how insane is that? Can I just say the double standards here are just amazing? If I, as a pastor, had said, you know, I've dreamt about bombing the White House. If I said that out loud publicly, oh, man. can you imagine what happened to me? It would be like on. It would be in the cover of the paper. It would be. Well, you just did, and you know that someone's gonna take it out of context and be yeah. like, "This right. guy." Right. The, the, the NSA is sniffing bomb in White House. Yeah. Right now. Right. So Madonna says that she's dreamt, she's dreamt about bombing the White House, but she didn't think that'd be effective. But she says it publicly, and nobody, nobody bats an eye on that side i think it's just in it's crazy anyway so we go to the abortion sorry <laughs> the feminist rally uh, same thing uh, we go to the feminist rally Freudian slip and let me just say this i, I gotta say it i saw stuff come up in my feed i think of well-intentioned christians um saying you know i am a big supporter of the women's marches women's rights yeah. and equality and if it was truly a march about women's rights and equality i'm 100 percent in sign me up i want to buy the t-shirt Women are equal, image of God. They deserve value, dignity, respect. They are worthy of my love and all the rest. And I mean that. My worldview makes sense of all that. If that's what it was, I understand. But to every ignorant person that posted, let's support these women's marches. Let me tell you from someone who was actually there, it was not about equality. No. It was not about women's rights. It was about LGBT issues. It was about hatred for Donald Trump, which, in many respects, I understand the concern and the collision there. I, I, I understand the feelings. It was about abortion. The signs were about hatred for men. Mm-hmm. And let me, and I got to say this quickly: if I had signs, if I formed a rally and I had a sign that said some of the things that they had on their mm-hmm. signs from a man's perspective, if I said the future is male, and if I said like. Something to the effect of, like, we hope that eventually there will be less women or no women and just a society of men. Can you imagine how I'd be vilified for that? But yeah. they just said it, and it was beautiful and amazing yeah. and empowering and all those different things. And so, Joy, 
I'll pass. I'll kick it to you. Why are you passing it to me? I'm passing it to you because you've done because a lot. I'm of, a girl. Like, no, no, no. Because sheologians. <laughs> because yeah, that was, because if you don't know, Joy does sheologians with uh, the one and only Summer White, and uh, they've done a lot of episodes lately on feminism. So, Joy, I'm going to kick the can to you. Yeah, we just did our. We just finished up our little series on nasty women feminism. Yeah, yes. or if that's what you want to call it, nasty. Um, which is probably more accurate. But so I think the point is, is that. What you said before about women being made in the image of God, um, them being equal, them having value. The thing to highlight is that that's from the Bible, which is our standard, which if you're a Christian, that's where you should derive meaning. Yep. Yeah. Um, so you don't need to applaud women's marches. You don't need to applaud feminism. You already have an excellent standard that feminism borrowed from. And feminism has a very... Uh, oh, I like that. I like how you said that. Feminism borrowed from... Right. Well, which came first? Sorry. Yeah, that's I right. I mean, right. <laughs> that's what you don't... If you're a Christian, you don't need to be a feminist. That's right. You can just be a Christian. Yeah. Because Jesus valued women. I like the sound of that. That's just how it is. You don't, yeah. you, don't need to, you don't need to settle for something way down the line that's not nearly as good as the Bible. A to the men, and let's be honest, <laughs> feminism today... Wait, did you say men? A to the men. Oh, yeah. A to the oh. woman. Okay, patriarchy. Okay. All right, I'll Goodness say A gracious. to the woman. Okay. <laughs> a to the woman. Um, so, uh, well, I, okay, let, we, I'm going to get through the show today. I don't want to take too much off this. Okay. <laughs> so, um, nasty women. I mean, that was, it was, it was sort of, they were being kind of braggadocious about, you know, being nasty women. And so, I got to play this video because this is actually playing on the way to the Women's March here in Phoenix. It was uh, live. It was Ashley Judd. And I couldn't understand her voice. Like, why she changed her voice into like an old southern black preacher or something it was like it was just weird like nasty judd <laughs> nasty judd nasty judd <laughs> um, so i'll play it for you here we go okay so all right this is uh, nasty judd <laughs> he has to say i am a nasty woman i'm not as nasty as a man who looks like he bathes in cheeto dust huh what? What? That was about Trump. Is it? About Trump. Yeah. That's about Trump. Same oh, yeah, because that's oh, a, got it. The Cheeto thing is like a common <laughs> uh, insult okay. for um, people yes. who are uh, Trump fans. I'm a little slow. Which I, we only, I only know that because someone called Summer and I Cheeto something. I already forget. You the insult. Like, like you were like supporters Cheeto, of like Cheeto? Cheeto face or Cheeto head. I forget even what it was. Crunchy <laughs> Cheetos. That's how. That's how. Uh, Quickly, these things just roll <laughs> off our backs. I already forget what they said. Your Cheeto puff. <laughs> Shows you how much we listen to your <laughs> trolling. ...are a diss track to America. Electoral college sanctioned hate speech contaminating this national anthem. I'm not as nasty as Confederate flags being tattooed across my city. Maybe the South actually is gonna rise again maybe for some it never really fell blacks are still in shackles and graves just for being black slavery has been reinterpreted as the prison system in front of people who see melanin that, that's that's animals. not entirely wrong yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> so, but, but hey, hey, Luke, I just wanted to mention, uh, so we move this show along quickly here. Um, 
I'm watching this uh, video and there's a, a sea of people and heads and mm. I and I see a lot of very interesting hats yes. uh, in the audience. And so tell me about what the hat's okay. about. Okay, so <laughs> they look like cat, they're pink cat ear looking hats. Okay? Right. So I saw something come up. I was like, what is that? Um, and so I'm not going to tell you what they're actually called, but we'll call them ladybit hats. Mm-hmm. So you if, can imagine. If you go to ladybithatproject.com, uh, Figure it out, guys. Yeah. So I'm just gonna now. I'm gonna read now. one of the. I'm trying to help. <laughs> <laughs> you got a lot of maybe you know, a lot of people may not know. Um, I'm going to read <laughs> just a section of their like purpose behind all this. And like Jeff said, like literally, if you watch a video, everybody and their mother literally was wearing one of these hats. Um, okay. What about their father? Uh, no, I don't. We're getting invited. <laughs> it was the just Michael March. Moore. Just Michael Moore was the only man there. I think. Um, okay, so uh, this thing says "Power of of Lady Bits," and again, Lady Bits is not what it actually says. So it says we love the clever wordplay of Lady Bit Hat and Lady Bit Cat, but yes, Lady Bit is also a derogatory term for female genitalia. We chose this loaded word for our project because we want to reclaim the term as a means of empowerment. In this day and age, if we have lady bits, we are assigned the gender of woman. Notice how they worded that. (laughs) If you have that, when you're born, you're assigned the gender of woman. And then it says women, whether transgender or cisgender, or mistreated in this society. So my question is, what if you call claim to be a woman, but you don't actually have lady bits? Uh, anyways, in order to get fair treatment, the answer is not to take away our lady bits, which I don't think anybody's trying to do. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hear any. Is there legislation for that? <laughs> <laughs> That's the weirdest I, thing ever. Yeah, I'm not trying to do that. Um, I mean, there are people that are trying to take away their lady bits, their own, and put something else on. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to. No, yeah. no. Um, just weird. The an- I, we would be against that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Meow mix. The answer, meow mix. The answer is not to deny our femaleness and femininity. The answer <laughs> is to, to wait, 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 wait. Did you do that on purpose? What? Did you do that on purpose? You want on purpose? You were talking about someone changing their lady bits to man bits, and then you said meow mix. Meow mix. Oh, because I heard it in the. Great, <laughs> <laughs> right, but it's, it is a meow mix. mix. It is a mix. It's <laughs> 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 in the commercial. That's why I was laughing. Meow. Mix. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. The, um. Okay. Let me let me start that sentence again. In order to get <laughs> to fa- uh, fair treatment, the answer is not to take away our lady bits. The answer is not to deny our femaleness and femininity. The answer is to demand fair treatment. A woman's body is her own. I think that includes baby women. Last time I checked. Uh, We are honoring this truth and standing up for our rights. Okay. Power of lady bits. So I'm just going to tell you that they're not about femininity. And just by them wearing those hats, I'm going to tell you that there is undeniably a link between the oppressed woman being viewed as this dainty housewife in a dress and an apron and that being the image of femininity and she's kind of quiet and modest and doesn't say the wrong thing she's appropriate you know there's a reason why they're being inappropriate they're being nasty girls they're not embracing femininity in fact they're taking what they think of femininity that that image of possibly you know maybe you're thinking of like a 50s 
housewife, which we wouldn't necessarily agree with is right there either. Well, I, yeah, go on. Oh. Admit, but who dares call them weak? But, Our modern girls play as hard and with as much vitality and stamina as any man. How do they do it? Where do they find all that energy? That seemingly inexhaustible <laughs> store of pep and ginger. <laughs> pep and ginger. <laughs> okay, so, right, go ahead. so anyway, what I'm saying is the reason why they're trying to be so shocking is because it's anti-feminine. Mm. So they're not trying to, yeah. you know, keep their femininity safe and they're not celebrating femininity. They're actually trying to be more, I don't know, like, I mean, I don't even know if I'm... I, I don't know how to put this without saying something I'm not allowed to say on this show. Well, like, go, ahead, go ahead and say it. We'll, we'll mark it if we have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's basically like the like men are known for making jokes about their anatomy. And that's why feminists are doing this. That's why ah, they're making ah, jokes okay. about their lady bits. Because... Okay. There, you know, there's like that sort of shock value. Mm. Like guys can say funny, shocking things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that all I'm saying is that That's they're good. going against this image of femininity. Yeah. So when they say that they're trying to protect it, they're not. They don't want anyone to take their femininity away. That's actually not what's happening. They're going against that image. Yes. Yeah. Can you imagine if we had a website that said the power of man parts? Mm. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh, they would be—it'd be just well. repulsive. Yeah, I mean, go well. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, hey, so real quick before we go to the break, let's uh, play some of uh, the Fuhrer, Cecil Richards, uh, head of Planned Parenthood. She's having a hard time. Leatherface. She's having a hard time right now. <laughs> she is. She's having a tough time. Talk she about is, yeah. defunding Planned Parenthood International. Talk about defunding. Um, uh, Planned Parenthood in the United States taking away taxpayers' dollars. Here's the thing: like, praise God, uh, like, take away that taxpayer funding. Fantastic, no one pays for it. But I hope that we're not all settled with that. I hope right. we're not like, no. yay, defunded Planned Parenthood. Good, we win. No, nope, that's yep. not a that's not a win um, because babies are still being murdered, yep. whether it's being paid for by tax dollars or not. Here we go. Let me play the Cecil Richards at the rally for reproductive rights at uh, the Women's March uh, this past weekend. generations of organizers and troublemakers and hell raisers who formed secret sisterhoods, who opened Planned Parenthood health centers in their communities and demanded the right to control their own bodies. And today we're here to deliver a message. We're not going to take this lying down. And we will not go back. For the majority of people in this country, Planned Parenthood is not the problem. We're the solution. We've been part of the American country, the fabric of America for a hundred years. And my pledge today is. And what was, uh, how'd that start? I seem to remember a woman named Sanger, Margaret Sanger. And uh, so, yeah, when you say we've been part of the fabric in the United States for a hundred years, can we talk about those origins? Can we talk about Sanger? We talk about whether or not she was actually a hero. Uh, we talk about what her worldview was, what her beliefs were, were, and what she wanted to do. Our doors stay open. Now is the time for us to link arms together for the right of working women to earn a living wage, for the right of immigrant families to live without fear. 
for the right of mothers everywhere to raise families, uh, with, to, to raise families in safe communities with clean air and clean drinking water, including in Flint, Michigan. Wait, I, <laughs> she's the head of Planned Parenthood. I don't know how we got there. Also, I'm I am so tired. Like, can you can you imagine someone from a third world country listening to this? Mm. Listening to her talking mm. about clean drinking water. Mm-hmm. Right. Now right. imagine that person punching her in the face. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> but I like please stop acting like we are so oppressed. I'm not saying everything is perfect here, no. but do not act mm-hmm. like we don't have a good thing going I, on. I mean, here. we we don't have clean drinking water in Arizona, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, and, and well, we like, have bottled water that comes to a big truck brings yeah, it to your house if you we're want. Blessed. There needs to be like, thing, yeah, there you needs can to be buy things, it at the store. I don't know. Like things need to be fixed in Flint. The water supply stuff issue. Right, but here's of the course. But here, it affects it, men too. Not it does just women. exactly. <laughs> and here's the point too: is all this speech is just loaded with the buzzwords and the symbolism that gets this side this community um, all riled up and excited. And that's all really it is. It's just a motivational speech. But I want you to hear what she says here because I think it's, it's telling what she says here when she talks about keeping our doors open and those sorts of things. And we're here for the right to live openly no matter who you are or who you love. There it is. LGBT. See, it's all the buzzwords and... No matter what. And you better believe we're here to fight for reproductive rights including access to safe and legal abortion. And there's the real reason you're there. Because to expand on a historic quote by my heroine and friend Hillary Clinton, a woman who knows a little something about never giving up, reproductive rights are human rights. (laughs) And she lost. Reproductive (laughs) rights are human rights, except if you're the human in the womb. Been reproduced. Of course. Of course. That's something we're going to hear in a moment from uh, our own Summer White. From Sheologians, we're going to play the clip of her actually out at the Women's March in Phoenix. But uh, we'll just finish this up here. Almost done. NBC oh, News. all done. I guess it was done. Okay. <laughs> all right. So here we go. We'll be right back, guys. Uh, don't forget to go to ApologiaRadio.com. Sign up for all access, y'all. Partner with us in this work. And stay tuned to listen to Summer engage some feminists in Phoenix. Really, really good clip. And praise God. We told you that we were going to flood the media this year with stuff on co- content on abortion. We were going to expose it, engage their rhetoric. It's already underway. Just a bit. Put the clip up, and within, I think, four or five hours, there was something like 300,000 views. Within about a day and a half, we're at about 600,000 views. Crossed uh, the path of over 1.1 million Facebook feeds. It was shared by Ben Shapiro's Daily Wire, and uh, it's going more and more and more. And uh, we're going to talk about what that means for the national conversation when we come back with Luke the Bear, Joy the Girl, Marcus, King Ginger, and me the Ninja. Be back. Hi, I'm Les. And I'm Tanner. And we're the hosts of the Reformed Pubcast. A weekly podcast where two friends get together and talk about the things that they love. It's like all those times you talked about theology over a pint of beer with your friends, but we're just dumb enough to record it. It's the theology of Calvin and the thirst of Luther. Join in on the conversation by subscribing on iTunes or your favorite podcast catcher. It's the Reformed Pubcast.
What's up, y'all? This is Jeff Durbin with Apologia Radio at ApologiaRadio.com. Want to talk to you guys about an amazing connection that we have right now with Whitfield Theological Seminary. I want you to run over to Whitfield.edu, Whitfield.edu, W-H-I-T-E-F-I-E-L-D.edu. I want you to check out the programs they have. They have undergraduate programs at Whitfield College, and they also have Whitfield Theological Seminary for the graduate degree and above and beyond. I, I think you'll really be impressed with the rigorous nature of the classes the consistent biblical worldview taught and adhered to. I want you to contact Whitfield Theological Seminary at whitfield.edu. Get a hold of our friend, Dr. Kenneth Talbot, and start your classes today. ApologiaRadio.com. That's my jam. And we're back. So, we've said a few things over the last couple of years. We've talked about changing the conversation. And what we mean by that is when we approach these issues, we want to bring the biblical worldview and the message of Jesus and the gospel into every area of life. We are fundamentally, um, I think if you were to sort of um, peg down our position and say what we are theologically, we are really in line with what uh, some have called the new Puritanism. We believe that Jesus is king of the world and that he has something to say in every area of life. He's Lord over all things, whether that's individual, whether that's family, whether that's church, whether that's state. Jesus is Lord over everything. The word of God applies to every single aspect of our existence. And so we talk about changing the conversation. We want to bring the biblical worldview into every area of life. We want to take control of, for the glory of God, um, these conversations. So for example, the pro-life movement over the last 40 years has really, we believe, um, uh, lost the conversation. Yeah. When you remove the moral component of the issue of abortion, when you don't call it murder, when you don't fight against it as murder, we think that you lose the moral component. By the way, that's not simply something that I'm saying as a Christian. You can listen to a fantastic clip online of Ben Shapiro, who's who's Jewish, uh, not Christian, saying exactly the same thing. We've got to get away from the euphemisms. We've got to stop talking about things like abortion. Let's call it what it is. It's a murder of a human being. And uh, we're not the only people that see that, but we need to approach it with the gospel up front and submission to Christ and his lordship um, as the very first part of how we start discussing this. And so what's amazing here is we've been saying that for quite some time that the conversation needs to change to this is murder, you shall not murder, and we stand for this in terms of justice, stop murdering these children. And so we were able to put this clip up, and it's uh, Summer just engaging some feminists at the rally. And it's interesting, the Daily Wire picked it up and they shared it, and when they shared it, they went, they're now using our language. Yeah. And they're pointing out the very same things that we've yeah. been pointing out is that this isn't about science. It's not about observational evidence and biology because they don't care. They don't care. People say that. Say, we just need to convince people of the biology that it's a human being. They don't 
care. Right. Now, here's the thing. You'll see videos of us actually engaging that because we want to refute that position. But ultimately, it's about repentance and faith and turning to Christ. We want to show that the, their arguments are bootleg and they're not good arguments and that they fail there. But that's not, that's not ultimately where you have to aim. You want to call it what it is. It's murder. Mm-hmm. And the Daily Wire picked it up. They pointed out that these women, they don't care that it's a human being. They acknowledge that it's a human being. And they say, well, look, if that's what you want to call it, then yeah, I think you should be able to murder your child. Absolutely. Now, listen, that's not like it's the first time we've heard that. We've been in this, for, we've been in this fight for some time. Our hands have been dirty in this, okay? We've heard all the argumentation. Let me tell you right now, you stand outside of an abortion mill, woman's walking in to kill her child, she'll turn around and say to your face, I have the right to kill my child. Mm-hmm. Stay out of my business. It's my business. You'll hear them say it direct, unashamed. Right. They believe they can murder their children. And now you're going to hear it. So this is, um, let me make sure I pull up the right clip here. Okay, and, yeah. And if you didn't catch the lady bits part, in the first segment, you will this segment. Oh, but yes, by the way, apologize if um, you, you listen to some of the content we put out and there's some curse words and they're saying things that you don't want to listen to as a Christian. First and foremost, I understand. Um, if you were in my house, you would know that um, we don't tolerate that kind of language in my home. It doesn't come from our mouths. It doesn't come from our children's mouths. Um, our children, when they hear a bad word on television, they all like shoot their eyes over at me. They're like, oh, like, I mean, like, so we're not, we're not okay with this language. And I did see somebody that posted a comment um, underneath this video and they were like, can you guys please bleep out the thing? Like it hurts my ears kind of thing. Um, here, look, I'm not going to help. I'm not going to help these people. I'm not going to sanitize what they're doing. Now, there are times where there are so many F-bombs that we'll probably bleep those out because it just become, it becomes oppressive to your hearing. Okay, but I'm not gonna assist these people in veiling their true nature and their argumentation. I'm not gonna do it. And so there are times where if they just, if they go off and pop off at the mouth and they say some nasty things, I think it's important to expose them. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to expose the true nature of their position and how they do what they do. And so I just want to tell you, there are times we're going to share stuff and there's going to be language because we're not going to sanitize it. I'm not going to sanitize it to help them. Yeah. So I just want you to know that there's a word in this that we do not use. We don't find it acceptable, but it's in this video and it's at a feminist march. So Did you see somebody even ask us to blur out the bad the words? The shirt. Oh, yeah, she had a curse word on her I'm shirt. Like, not going right, to do that's... that. Sorry, not going to do you that. You know how much time that takes, guys? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and I don't want to sanitize it. And um, guys, start engaging with the world, okay? Um, if, if, that, if, if, you, if you respond in that way to this kind of language, it tells me a lot about whether or not you're actually in the world um, trying to engage them. And I don't mean that as an offensive thing. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm not trying to create enemies or anything. I'm just telling you, just if, if you can't hear that or see it on a shirt and you, you, know, you act like your eyes have been burned, um, <laughs> like, you know, start getting out more. <laughs> start getting out more because you're going to hear a lot worse than that. Okay, here we go. I'm Summer, and I'm here to find out where I can find the patriarchy. Uh, so far, no one has told me where they meet, who their leader is, or how I can get a hold of them, but I would like to find them. I hear they're oppressive. So how do you get labeled as part of the patriarchy? Like, what do you have to do? I want to know what I have to do to become a part of the patriarchy. I think becoming part of the patriarchy is um, that's a really good question. So I'm sorry, what was your name again? My name's Caitlin. Your name's Caitlin. And what does your sign say? 
Well, this one says my God-given uterus. <laughs> okay, so you're a Christian? Yes, I am. Are you pro-choice? I believe everybody should have the option to choose whatever they feel. So if you felt like you shouldn't have a baby, you should be able to make that choice? Yes. So why should you be able to murder your baby? I don't believe that it's murder. But is that body inside of your body your body? Or is it, what was your baby's name? Lola. Is that Lola's body or your body? That's Lola's body. Just say quickly, um, we first walked up and got to the Capitol. As soon as we walk uh, between this corridor into the opening uh, where everyone is, this this beautiful young woman is there with this big old pregnant belly. Yeah. And she is with two other women and they're carrying signs, my God-given uterus and their signs promoting abortion. She's, she's she is carrying... At least eight months. Oh, yeah. She's carrying this baby in her belly. She's, she's just, boop, popped out, like ready to, get, ready to give birth. And she's got a sign promoting murdering children. And she named the baby. And she already. named the baby. Like, oh. when I walked up and I introduced Summer to these women, um, they, I said, this is Summer, and they introduced. And then the grandmother uh, puts her hand on the belly and goes, and this is Lola... And I just shot my eyes over at Summer. I was like, I gave her a little mental, and you better, you better get that. <laughs> <laughs> she just gave me the, 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 the head nod, like, I got she it. She gave you a sigh. I got, I, it. Got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. The future is female. I don't know how we're going to get females from just females, but that's interesting. I'm pro quality of life. Okay. And I understand a lot of people are just for life and that they think that baby should be born no matter what. But This is the one that's wearing the shirt that says, more feminism, less bull, bull hooey. They're not going to be born <laughs> into the right appropriate situations to people who are ready and can afford it. That shouldn't be other people's decision. That should be an individual decision. So you don't think poor children should be alive? No, that's not at all what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Um, I knew this was going to be this type of interview. No. So is a baby in the womb a person or no? I'm, I'm not going to make that decision for other people. They can decide whether or not that's what they believe. I consider myself a feminist. I consider men and women equal. I will fight till the day is long for that. So when you say they, I don't know who you're talking about. I'm talking about the women walking around with signs that say this pussy grabs back. That's not the kind of feminist I think anyone should be. Do you think that women in the womb have any rights? You know what? I don't want to answer questions yeah. about women in the womb. No? I don't want to answer questions about women in the womb. This woman was not happy with me. Uh, first and foremost, let me just say, uh, when you watch this video and this woman like gets all upset and she r- walks away all like angrily, uh, just so you know, uh, when I said to these people, they kept like looking over at our camera and stuff, I was like, do you guys want to do this? They're like, sure, absolutely. They came over and they're in a group huddled around summer getting ready to go. This woman... She's like behind the camera and she got all upset. She's like, but I'm with them. I was like, oh, did you want to be in it? She's like, yes. I was like, oh yeah, you're welcome to hop in there. She's like, okay. <laughs> and so she, so she hops in there. This is like 30 seconds later. She's like, right. hmm. oh, like, I don't want to talk she, to you. Yeah, she runs out and I don't want to talk about, Crazy. she says, I don't want to talk about women in the womb. No, I-, I At a women's march. I rather think you, you wouldn't. Oh. Hey, you don't like women in the womb? Women when did- They're not women when they're in the womb. Become women. When they can live outside of a, of a mother without the mother. Okay. Which would probably be about nine. <laughs> yeah. Say, say what you said again, just so in case, because the volume was low. When they could live outside of the woman without the mother, without mm. being dependent upon the mother. Okay. So Summer's... So also, um, preemies that are born, that are in NICUs. Yeah. 
Yeah. That are 23 weeks old. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. How about them? How about those little women? My one-year-old can't live without me. Do you support Planned Parenthood? It's so difficult to say. Like, I understand that it's murder, but if people have that on their conscience and I'm like a bystander to it, do what you need to do. I have a one-year-old. Yes. Uh, and uh, she, much like a child in the womb, like, she can't um, support herself. So if I felt like I should murder her, you would say it was just my choice? See, that's the thing. It sounds, it's awful. It's murder. I'm accepting that it's murder, and I know that it is. Why should I be able to kill my one-year-old? This movement is about women's rights. This movement is about human rights. And I guess I think... Unless they're inside the womb, right? I I appreciate you being here. I'm, I'm going to leave now. Yes, it was nice to talk to you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. You have a good one. So why should you be able to choose to murder that baby? I wouldn't murder her. But somebody should be able to have the right to? Yes, I believe that people have the right to choose, yes. The right to choose to murder? If that's what you would want to call it, then yeah. And there you go. Wow. So, um, wow. Good, good on Summer. She's just such a trooper. She was out there probably, she probably had about three hours of conversations. There's. Hey, can we just say that we didn't like fancy edit any of that? Yeah, and and not only that, uh, some people said, "Well, they only picked the, those interviews." That was everybody we interviewed. Uh, I don't. Well, it wasn't everybody we interviewed, but because uh, there was just not enough time. But of everybody we interviewed, they all said the same crazy stuff. Right. That's, so it wasn't like we mm. picked like the best. Well, and I'm sorry, but that's not an argument. <laughs> oh, we just don't like. No, abortion's not murder because we don't like who you interviewed. Go away. No. <laughs> Well, no. well, and to be fair, I mean, you didn't put the interviews on where people threatened you or put their hands on you. Yeah. Yeah, we right. left out the ones where the guy got rough with Summer, you know. my son, Seth, Carmen, and me. Uh, got really upset with me when I, I said, when I pointed to the fact that he was an atheist, that he had no basis for complaint about anything at all. As soon as I said that, that's where he put his hands on me and squeezed my shoulder and tried to spin me around. Um, so Give him no, a chicken wing? No, we didn't put, no. <laughs> No, we didn't put those on. And uh, and here's really? the thing. Look, wow. yeah, that's their position. This is this is the point. Is that is their position. That's what needs to be engaged. Though they decry it, though they don't want it to be exposed, that is what they said. And and uh, if you were to watch the full interviews, that was their position. That's what they believe in. And so we cut it down, of course, to a nifty little three-minute clip. But um, that's what it is. That's what's up. So be right back, guys. Uh, we out of time here? Marcus, yeah. we're out, right? Okay, yeah. so be right back, guys. We're going to come back with some more. We're going to engage on some more issues. We're going to talk about the foundation of our worldview. We're going to talk about engaging in all aspects of life, standing on the Word of God. But we're going to do that uh, by way of actually listening to a well-known um, uh, pro-life um, advocate, a person who uh, speaks on this issue a lot, has uh, actually a lot of really good argumentation in some areas. Uh, but we're going to talk about consistency and... Um, popular way to approach the pro-life movement however we think is wrong-headed in many ways and ultimately um misses the main point we want people to be saved and forgiven to know jesus so be right back guys apologiaradio.com is where you get us actually just got joined in the studio today by our director of communications for end abortion now zach attack hey yo be right back Ladies and gentlemen, beauties and beasts, 
I have some good news for you. But in order for me to tell you the good news, I must share with you the bad. A beard can be a most magnificent thing, but it can also be the downfall of a man. An unmaintained beard prevents a face from shining. An unmaintained beard causes dry, itchy skin. An unmaintained beard is a source of beardruff. You know, like dandruff, but beardruff. An unmaintained beard is sharp and ruthless, like iron bristles, not good for the lady friend. An unmaintained beard forfeits future growth based on the lack of preparation today. And let's not forget that an unmaintained beard robs your face from smelling amazing. Let not thy beard be thy downfall. Protect your manlyhood. An epic combination of manliness and manhood. If you are hearing this today, there is hope for your beard. Go to yukonsbeard.com and enter the code APOLOGIA and you can save some money while you save your face. For 21 years and counting, New St. Andrews College has sought to obey Christ's great commission to disciple nations and build Him a house, not just in Jerusalem, but throughout the world. Not with stones and mortar, but with living stones. We build and fight. This is the task of a Christian liberal arts college, to equip students with the tools to build and fight. And this is our joyful task as we seek to graduate leaders who shape culture through wise and victorious living. To learn more, check us out online at nsa.edu forward slash explore. A little bit of a modest Yahoo kick right now. That's never a bad thing. Never a bad thing, especially his original stuff. It is so good. Modest Yahoo. All right. So we are back, and let's talk. We want to say initially, as we even begin discussing this, and I... I, I I would, I would hope that it goes without saying, but I'm going to go ahead and put it on record, probably for the hundredth time. Um, we are happy and grateful to God that he has struck a straight blow with a crooked stick uh, in many ways with the pro-life movement. I am happy and I'm grateful to God and I praise God uh, for the things that have happened and for the people who have fought to save the lives of any children. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm grateful uh, for any legislation that has preserved the life of even one child. So thank, thank God for that. Um, we're grateful. Praise God. We praise, praise God for every person who says that you should not kill a child in the womb. Every person that's against abortion, praise God, praise God. Whether that person's a Mormon, whether the Jehovah's Witness, whether they are a Muslim, whether they are Roman Catholic, I don't care if you say that we shouldn't be able to have abortions. I'm, I'm grateful for that. However, as a Christian... I want to think about being consistent. Yep. Now, that doesn't matter to a lot of people. A lot of people don't really care about uh, that question of, is, is this consistent? Am I doing this in a consistent way? And I want to start at the foundations here and just talk about what Jesus says in terms of all of life. Um, this is not like in some areas. This is, this is the whole thing. Jesus says, if you're not with me, you're against me. I mean, <laughs> there's no neutrality with Jesus. We have to make sure that we actually... Think about what Jesus says there, and we embrace it. Is it really? Is it one of those things that Christians just say? Is it something that Jesus said because he expected you to put it on a T-shirt or put it on a bumper sticker, or is it does it have real meaning to it? That Jesus is actually King of Kings, Lord of Lords, the full final authority. I mean, when Jesus says this, he says, "All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me." That's past tense. That happened at the ascension. Did he really mean it? Like, is that really a, a valid interpretation to say that? he meant on earth all authority so like for example when we actually engage particular social issues a lot of times christians will say well we can't bring jesus into this we can't bring the bible into this my question is why is he not in charge of that 
Oh, is that is that little thing over there? Is that issue of justice? Is that realm, that community, that society? Is that outside of his authority? That that doesn't operate within the realm of his authority? Because he says all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now, you know what the word all means in Greek? You know what it means? I'll tell you. All. Everything. Everything. It means all. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority means that. And I want to say at the basic part of this whole discussion, at the bottom of it, we have to ask the question, how can we even talk in a meaningful way about morality, about what we ought to do or ought not to do? How can we do that without Jesus Christ? Right. Because the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It says in Colossians chapter 2, it's what I read to you at the beginning of the show today. See, I was thinking ahead. In Colossians chapter 2, let me get my Bible open here. Uh, important passage. You've heard me talk about it um, probably quite a bit if you listen to any messages we've done on apologetics in the past. You can get those at Apologia Studios on YouTube. Uh, but in Colossians chapter 2, important. Let's what says here. Be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit based on human tradition. That's verse 8. Based on the elemental forces of the world and not based on Christ. For the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ, and you have been filled by him who is the head over every ruler and authority. There it is again. Mm. He is the head over every ruler and authority. Does that include over these United States? What do you think? Uh, yes. Yes. He is the head over every ruler and authority. So does that mean that I get to bring the word of God into the legislature? You betcha. Yep. Mm. Yes. You were also circumcised in him with a circumcision not done with hands by putting off the body of flesh and the circumcision of the Messiah. Having been buried with him in baptism, you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Now look what he says here. Um, when he talks about not being taken captive through philosophy, the word there essentially means to not be robbed. He doesn't want them to be robbed through philosophy and empty deceit based on human tradition and not based on Christ. So there is a philosophy, there is a tradition that is not based upon Christ, and Paul is warning the church that he does not want them to be taken captive, robbed of all the riches and treasures of wisdom and knowledge that are hidden in Christ, which is, by the way, what he says in chapter 2. In verse 2, I want their hearts to be encouraged and joined together in love so that they may have all the riches of assured understanding and have the knowledge of God's mystery, Christ, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in him. How can you say you know something? Mm. How can you say something is wise as a Christian apart from rooting it in Jesus Christ? Because it says in the text of God's word, if we believe the word of God, it says that all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Christ. How are you going to actually engage this issue without standing in the word of God? When someone says, I'm going to make a non-religious argument for the pro-life position, I want to say, well, if you mean by that, that you're going to answer the fool according to their folly by stepping into their position to de demonstrate the fallacious nature of their position, well, then I grant that as a possibility. But if you're stepping off the biblical worldview in order to make the argument for the pro-life position, you are in the same position as the unbeliever you are engaging. Your thoughts are futile. Ultimately, you have no basis to be making any complaints at all. By the way, that's one of the things that I said to the gentleman that was standing there as he was watching his son be, mm -hmm. being interviewed by Summer as he announced to me that he was an atheist when I asked him because he was complaining a lot to us about us being immoral and doing immoral things. 
I said, well, what worldview perspective do you come from? And he said, well, I used to be a Mormon bishop, but now I'm an atheist, which is kind of a common uh, thing. Of course. Let's see, when Mormons actually leave today, they tend to be agnostics or atheists, uh, disenchanted, disenfranchised in many ways. Uh, So I said, well, you're an atheist, and so you really don't have any justification for morality at all. And he did not like that. Mm. He didn't like it uh, because it's true, and it was exposed in that moment. But you see, if you don't stand on Christ, if you don't stand on the biblical revelation, if you don't appeal to his authority, then you're in the same position as the unbeliever. No thought, not even pseudo-Christian thought, can provide a basis for knowledge and wisdom and understanding what, uh, apart from Jesus Christ. Can't, can't be done. Right. Can't justify it. So um, when we approach this issue, if we don't approach it by standing on the word of God, we don't get the science either. Because you see, science is meaningless. Logic is meaningless. Philosophy, yep. philosophy is meaningless apart from Jesus Christ. So give it up. Give up the biblical revelation. Give up Jesus Christ. Lose science. Give up the biblical revelation. Guess what else you lose? And this is where I want you guys to join in because this is what we've been talking mm-hmm. about. Give up the biblical revelation. You also lose the moral component of the argument. Right. Because listen, you can talk about SLED all day long. SLED, of course, is the, uh, uh, the acronym or acrostic that um, is often used by a brother named Scott Klusendorf. Uh, by the way, is, he's, he's, is he, he's not Roman Catholic. No, no, okay. he's, he's yeah. evangelical. Okay, so, so a brother named Scott... He works with the Roman Catholic. Klusendorf, yeah, he does. Yeah. Um, he uses a fantastic argument that, that many of us use, SLED, S-L-E-D. What's the difference between, be, between the human being that is 29 years old or 69 years old and the, um, the human being at the moment of conception? So biologically speaking, size, it's smaller. Level of development is not fully developed. The environment, it's in the woman. And the degree of dependence is still dependent upon the mother. Okay, so all, here's the point. Biologically speaking, that's the difference, okay? Now, here's the point. If you don't have Jesus Christ, you don't get to now add a moral part to that and say, well, you ought not kill somebody because they're small, because guess what? Who says? Mm-hmm. Who says mm-hmm. you can't kill someone because yeah. they're small? Why not? Haven't we had regimes in the past? Yeah. I, t- I, I, I actually remember someone named Stalin. I actually remember somebody named Hitler. I actually remember someone named Paul Pot. I actually remember a guy named Mao. I, I remember that there are these regimes in the last hundred years that killed tens upon tens upon tens of millions of human beings, and they did it based upon their culture, their race. They're not quite a, a fully developed person. They did this exactly that. So you can't tell Stalin, hey, you can't kill that person because they're a human being like you. He says, so what? I'm an atheist. I don't listen to that. Mm-hmm. And so here's the point. You lose Christ in this, you have no ground to stand on. Talk amongst yourself. Yeah, you can't you can't kill that person. They're a Jew. Who's yeah, who says? Says who? Well, says, yeah. And you don't even really have a reason to show up to a women's march in celebration of women if you're an atheist. Because That's right. there's nothing to celebrate other than just matter. Right. And <laughs> Matter can't really be oppressed mm-hmm. or celebrated, <laughs> right? If it's nothing, right? So I mean, even just an atheist showing up at something like that doesn't make much sense. But then for him to argue morality makes even less sense. That's right. There's no basis. Now, here's the point. Listen, I want everyone to hear this. This person came over to me and announced that she was a liberal Christian, quote unquote, air quotes, air quotes, liberal. 
<laughs> okay, she said she was a liberal Christian, and she heard me talking to this uh, atheist gentleman, and she said, you can't say that he can't justify morality just because he's an atheist. He can have his morals too. He doesn't have to be a Christian to be moral. And here's, okay, nobody's saying that atheists don't can't be have moral. Yeah. Actually, I'll, be, I can, I'll just go ahead and say it. Um, I actually know some atheists and have been around some atheists that I would, sometimes would prefer to be around more than some professing Christians. There are many Christians out there that, that profess the name of Jesus and say they love Jesus, and they are just people that I would not want to share a meal with. Um, they're generally unkind. They're not all, they're, they're out there. Okay, so here's the point. I know, I'm saying that to say that I know atheists that I'd love to share a meal with and hang out with. Okay, atheists can be moral people, but they can't justify or account for what they're doing mm -hmm. with their atheism. And here's the point, give up Jesus as a Christian as the basis of your argument and his authority, you're in the same boat as the atheist. And I wanna listen for a moment now to a clip from uh, Scott Klusendorf on a recent radio program. Uh, and I wanted to say and announce it ahead of time. I said it once, I'll say it again. I'm grateful to God for all the work that he's done standing for life. It doesn't mean that as a Christian, I have to now bite down into everything this gentleman says, because the question of consistency has to be addressed. Is this consistent with a Christian approach to ending child sacrifice in our nation? As Christians argue that science tells us what the unborn is, but philosophy tells us how to value that living thing. And Jay is exactly right. The science is clear. From the very beginning, a distinct living whole human being. That's what embryology textbooks teach. But science can't tell me how to treat you. Science can't say I shouldn't kick your shins right now while I'm talking to you. That's exactly right. Right. You can't get an yeah. is, sorry, an ought from an is. So you can't say this is the case. It's a human being. Therefore, we ought to treat it with respect. Can't do that. You can't get an ought from an is. Right. What is the case scientifically? It's a human. It doesn't mean that we ought to protect its life. So here's the question. How are you going to get an ought smuggled into there? Yep. How are you going to get an ought smuggled into that discussion? Because if you, if you convince the unbeliever it's a human being, guess what they do? They do what you just heard at the feminist rally in Phoenix. They say, I know it's a baby and I acknowledge it's murder, but we still ought to be able to murder it. Mm -hmm. That's what happens. Uh, doing this interview because I'd rather leave early and go get something to eat. Instead... I got to do a little philosophy. Philosophy tells me there's no essential difference between that embryo you were and the adult you are today that would justify killing you back then. Differences of size, level of development, environment, and degree of dependency are not good reasons for saying we could kill you then, but not now. Well, let me talk about that for a moment now. That it really actually is more focused in upon the biology, okay? Because if you, if you highlight the biological uh, um, issue and you say, size, level of development, environment, and degree of dependence, and you talk about the biology, you do, yes, you have to get into philosophy. So here's my, here's my question. This is the query. Um, can I bring a philosophically cogent and consistent argument for the preservation of human life, given that the only difference from conception till now, fertilization till now, is size, level of development, environment, and degree of dependence? Can I do it and can I do it without Jesus Christ? Can I do it without him being the final authority? Can I do it without the law of God? Can I do it without the Bible as a standard? Can I do it? No. No, you cannot. That's, that's the point. Yeah. And, and so what, what I don't want to see happen is a bunch of Christians be trained on this issue with a moral component completely stripped. Yeah. 
That's, that's deadly to this entire thing. And again, you don't have to listen to just Jeff Durbin on that or Joy or Luke or Zach or Marcus. You can listen to Ben Shapiro saying you, re- you remove the moral component. You've removed the basis of the argument of legislation. Because you see, if this is not a violation ultimately of the law of God, something a transcendental law that exists outside of us, if it's not a violation of God's law, then it's not something that ultimately anybody has to obey. It's just personal preference. Yeah. Like some people like chocolate ice cream, some people like strawberry, some people like pink bubblegum ice cream, whatever. It's just a personal preference. And you can't legislate personal preferences. You're not supposed to. However, strip Jesus from this discussion and lose it all. Yeah. Now, what we're not saying um, is that it's, it's the Bible and not science as an argument. We're saying, no, you have to have the whole package he brings up the point. He, he makes the point himself that you have the science, the biology, and now you have to make a philosophical discussion on the end of that and say, well, can we kill it? Can we kill it? And my question is, how do you actually make a cogent argument, a coherent argument apart from Jesus Christ mm. for the moral obligation to protect that human life? Well, you can't. And when you, when you replace morality with philosophy or try to use philosophy to define morality you are just playing by their terms because that's all they're going to do because they have no justice for morality. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately, like you said, it's completely subjective and nobody's ultimately correct without, without an objective standard. Yeah, and, and, and as Christians, how, do, how are we... Okay, listen. So ask the question, what is philosophically consistent? One, one. What's philosophically consistent? Two, and... What are we morally obligated to as Christians mm-hmm. in terms of argumentation? So we question, we question philosophical consistency, number one. And number two, what's morally oblig- what's, what's, what is our moral obligation in the engagement and encounter with the world on this issue? Can we do it in a way where we say, okay, no, I'm not following Jesus here. I'm not saying he's the boss. I'm not saying it's his law. I'm not arguing as a Christian right now. I'm just saying let's all pretend to be neutral and let's look at the facts, mm-hmm. right? And that's a failure. That, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's straight away, without a question, as a Christian, that is, a, I think, a moral failing as mm-hmm. a Christian to say, um, I'm not with Jesus now. I'm not with him. Right. Because Jesus says to that, if you're not with me, you're against me. You're opposed to him. So you're either going to be submitted to him. And look, I understand. That's, that's a huge commitment to make. I get it. I get that when you argue with unbelievers and you say, I'm arguing because Jesus says. I know that that's a huge commitment. And when you do that, you put yourself out there for ridicule and all the rest. But you know what? We have to ask the question, have we listened to Jesus when he says, woe to you when all people speak well of you? Right. Like, do we understand what that really means? Are we, I, I, and I'm going to hear what you guys have to say, but one last thing. I got a message from somebody yesterday, a message from a young girl that's been watching all of her stuff, um, thinks she's been listening to Sheologians too. And uh, she said, I decided to go ahead, essentially and bite the bullet and to start standing for life. And so I, I went ahead and said something publicly online. And she was all upset when she messaged me. She's like, you don't understand. I was attacked. They just came after me and they just dumped on me and I'm just hurting so bad right now. And it's just, it's just so hard. It's so hard. Now, mm-hmm. I, what I want to say to everybody, look, expect that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, exactly. Anticipate the, some of the greatest opposition you will get in this fight coming from professing Christians. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the, the most bite back we've seen since we launched an abortion now has been from within the church. Yep. 
and anytime you put yourself out there on this issue, it's, I mean, you're going to get, it's, it's like putting a bullseye on yourself. <laughs> I feel like, I mean, you're going to get someone with some kind of remark or some kind of backhanded, you know, remark, whether it's Planned Parenthood supporter or someone from within the church. So I think that just has a lot to do with us not liking confrontation and mm -hmm. wanting to be peacemakers, which the Bible calls us to be, but not at the expense of sacrificing truth. Right. Amen. Well, and just know that for those of you that aren't well-liked because of your posts on abortion being murder, that um, that's obedience. Mm -hmm. And that's our highest call here, really, is to be obedient. Yep. And we're blessed for that and sanctified through it. And it's not always fun, but um, there's a reward and that, it, that it's so glorifying to God. I love joy. Okay, be our back, guys. Stay with us. ApologiaRadio.com. Hey, guys, don't fast forward through this commercial. Important message for you guys. We're meeting at a new location for Apologia Church worship services. I'm Jeff Durbin, pastor at Apologia Church. Join us for worship 4 p.m. on Sundays. Uh, we are a family integrated church. Sorry, do I introduce myself? They yeah, don't you know can who say joy. I am. Yeah, you can say joy. I don't. You can cut this. So just talk about. Yeah. But what do I do at the church? They're going to be like, that's one of those churches that has a lady pastor. I want to keep this as a, as a part of the commercial. Yeah. I want you to leave this. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> uh, this is Luke the Bear, discipleship pastor at Apologia Church, and the new location we're meeting at. Like Jeff said, it's the Tempe Vineyard Church. I think you said it was the Tempe Vineyard Church. No, I didn't. You didn't, but that's okay. <laughs> you just did. The address okay. is 1805 East Elliott Road, number 112, Tempe, Arizona, 85284. That is on the southeast corner of McClintock and Elliott. Bring your wives, bring your kids, and bring your husbands too, because we're teaching everybody up in here. Bring your beards, if you got them. Or no up to you i'll have mine all right guys that's our new commercial i think it's professional <laughs> we'll see you at apologia church join us for worship apologiachurch.com this is the chocolate knox if you love that wonderful sensation of chewing glass this is the show for you <laughs> cross politic is a weekly show and podcast that mixes the taboo formula of faith culture and politics proclaiming the lordship of christ in every corner of our culture hallelujah gabriel wrench is a deacon from texas and he wears overalls one time <laughs> chocolate knox aka david shannon he's a movie maker from minnesota Action! i'm toby sumter pastor here in moscow idaho and i used to live in alaska did you know that no no we've interviewed everyone from alveda king to ted cruz to steve dace to walter williams and we invite you to join us here at cross politic as we learn to fight, laugh, and feast, all to the glory of God. CrossPolitik.com. All right, guys, we're back. Let's get right into it. 
So Scott Klusendorf again was uh, having a discussion on a radio program. We're going to play some clips here, just a, a few, uh, as quickly as we can. Uh, this is uh, Klusendorf talking about we want to change their feelings first and then focus on the logical argumentation. Uh, so I think that's an important one. Let's go ahead and touch that one. This on. Well, I say you've got to change their feeling as a predicate to changing their thinking. Uh, and then what you do is you give them facts and arguments that are easily understood, easily communicated. Christians tend to complicate this. They tend to think that unless you convert people to Christ, you'll never change their hearts on abortion. That's false. That is absolutely false. We didn't end slavery by converting the whole country to Christ. We didn't end racial segregation by converting the whole country to Christ. Now, that's one way God reaches the culture, but it limits him because God gives us another way, and that is through civil law and cultural engagement. In fact, civil law presupposes hearts won't be changed. That's why we need laws to control the heartless. So what we want to do as Christians is be able to make a case to the culture that they cannot dismiss as just a private, subjective, religious view. And that's why what Jay just gave you was so powerful. When he said, here's the science, science of embryology, he laid it right out there. He didn't cite a Bible verse. The skeptic has to answer his argument. If the skeptic says, well, that's just your religious view, that's a category error. Like asking, how tall is the number five? Uh, Arguments are true or false, valid or invalid. You can't refute them by attacking the person, by calling Jay a man or me a man. You can't refute it by calling it religious. You have to deal with the argument. So Christians need to know how to do that. Once they have confidence that their view is true, they're more willing to engage. And that's why we spend our time doing that. So uh, just uh, wow. as, as a quick point, I want to say our position is that the ultimate goal here is the salvation of people. And the Bible says in Romans 1.16 that the go- it is the gospel that is the power of God for salvation. We're not interested in a bunch of people simply stopping abortion. Right. We want people to know Jesus. Or winning an argument. That's right. Or winning. We want to win the people, not the argument. That's important. Win the people, not the argument. We want people to know Jesus. And so we want a consistent Christian witness brought here. So we're pointing people to Jesus Christ. That's the ultimate goal. And I want to say fundamentally, again, if you remove Jesus Christ as the component of all of this, you too, even as a professing Christian, lose any ultimate philosophical, philosophical consistent basis to argue against the murder of human beings. Look, the Bible says that God's word is what needs to be used here. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. You want people to know Jesus or do you want them simply to say, oh, great, we're stopping abortion now, but then they don't know Jesus Christ. You want to, you want to do this in a way that is meaningful, that points people to Jesus Christ. Now, here's the point. If you have Jesus, you have the science as well. Yeah. If you have Jesus, you can talk about embryology. If you have Jesus, you get to do all that. But the point is, is that as you address this before the watching world, you have to, you have to address it as a Christian arguing ultimately that repentance is necessary and a change of heart. And also, guess what? Yes, it's an em- yes, it's a human being by con- uh, at conception, and you ought not to kill human beings. Yep. I get to have it all. His argument would be so easy to refute from an atheist perspective. You know, if he's trying to, to argue for the end of abortion without Jesus, they can just use our our argument. So what? Why? Yeah, right. I also don't like where he said that it was like a personal religion is like a personal Private. subjective position. Yeah. 
where it's not personal or subjective. It's objective and uh, universal. Yeah, and and the issue about uh, slavery, um, let's not forget that every single country that the United States, uh, sorry, that the Christian worldview went into ultimately ended or abolished slavery. Now, our, our nation was the only one that did it with bloodshed. Right. But um, everywhere the Christian worldview went, slavery was ultimately abolished because of, I would say, the common grace ultimately around the edges of Christianity. When Christianity gets into a culture, it highlights the worth of, of women. It highlights the dignity of human beings. It highlights and puts away those things. Uh, it highlights it highlights the goodness of human beings, and it puts away the things that are oppressive to them. And so let's not forget also that slavery was ultimately abolished in our nation on the basis of the biblical worldview. That's how it was abolished. Mm-hmm. Don't forget that key thing. You could say the entire nation wasn't wasn't converted to Jesus Christ. Um, let's well, let's also remember that many of the people who were in our nation were already converted to Christ. Yep. Uh, and many of them were in sin in the slavery issue, of course, but don't forget that it was on the basis of what? They were created equal under God. Which God do you think they were talking about in that time? Which God do you think they were talking about? Just some random God out there? Which God was it? What culture? What kind of culture was it? It was a Christian culture. There's no question about that. Are we saying it was a perfect Christian culture? It was a utopia of some sense? Nope. It wasn't, but it was on the basis of the biblical worldview that slavery was abolished, and that is how this has to end as well. Yep. Wow, isn't it interesting that this with the same biblical basis, that's what we used to say both abortion and slavery are wrong. Yes. A person's made in the image of God, therefore you can't enslave them. That person's made in the image of God, therefore you can't murder them. That's right. And you notice what that woman did being interviewed by Summer. She said, I'm not going to tell another woman how if she can see that as a person or not. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, really there's no anchor for the awe and... um. That's what this is all about. It's about man deciding in his own eyes what is right or Absolutely. wrong on how to define the basis of personhood. Mm-hmm. And there's no anchor for that, which is why it's about the gospel. That's right. Here we go. I think when we use the term murder, we are using a term that the culture does not understand. Oh, wait. Man. Wow. It's getting worse. <laughs> I, he just fell off the rails completely on that one. When, see, he, this is the problem, and it needs to be highlighted. It has to be addressed fully and finally. The pro-life movement over the last 40 years has not wanted to use the word murder. Now, the compelling thing is in the last year, I've mentioned before, that you have people like Milo Yiannopoulos, who is a homosexual who writes for Breitbart, um, head editor, I think, for Breitbart, um, very, very well-known person. He is homosexual. He defends Christians. He hates the LGBT. Um, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, he, he can't stand their agenda. Yeah. Um, but he was on a, a program with Joe Rogan calling abortion murder and saying how to stop. And he's all in. It's murder. You have Chris Christie, the governor of New Jersey, for goodness sakes, uh, during the national campaign uh, this last election saying on stage that it's murder. You, you have people who aren't even ultimately Christians saying this is murder. It ought to stop. And then the pro-life movement hangs out in the background and they say, like, well, don't use the word murder. Don't use the word murder. Why? Now, I want to know, how come a person who is a professed practicing homosexual can say that this is murder and it has to stop? How come the governor of New Jersey can say this is murder and it has to stop? How come they, they, can, they can do that, but the pro-life movement can't do that? I want to know. Because the, of Roman Catholicism. The, this quote uh, from the Daily Wire, which shared uh, 
This is Ben Shapiro's uh, website shared Summer's video. And it says at the very end, it says the abortion movement is becoming increasingly aware that their original argument that an infant in the womb isn't human is failing. They've now moved on to acknowledging that abortion is indeed murder, but defending the fact anyway. So they're getting it. But Klusendorf and men in the pro-life movement like him, um, they won't use the term. They don't want to use the term murder. You remove the moral component of the argument. If you say that murder, uh, that our culture doesn't understand murder... Uh, you don't not use it. It's your fault that the culture doesn't understand murder because you're not using it. It's a church's role to influence a conversation of what is and is not moral and immoral and why. Yeah. Yeah. And um, when someone says to me that, well, that unbeliever doesn't understand murder. <laughs> come on. Are you telling me that, that they're in the image of God, that Romans 1 says that they know God and they suppress the truth about him? Are you telling me that when Romans 1 says that they know that those who do these things deserve to die, you're saying that that, that's not the case, that they don't know that what they're doing is sin, that they don't know that these things that they're doing um, deserve death? Because Romans 1 says that they know. They know. And Romans chapter 2 says very, very clearly, um, uh, verse 14, so when Gentiles who do not have the law instinctively do what the law demands... They are a law to themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the work of the law is written on their hearts. Yep. Their conscience, their consciences confirm this. Yep. Now, see, this is the point here. Here's the point. You have a brother like uh, Klusendorf who's doing many great things for these children and for the pro-life movement. Nobody is diminishing those things. But we have to talk about consistency here. Is that a Christian position? Is it consistently Christian to say that they don't know what murder is? Mm. Because the Bible says in Romans 1 and 2, they know. Mm-hmm. They know full well. And they not only know, they applaud people who do yep. those things. Yep. That's what the text of the Bible says. So the question is, is Klusendorf, and generally speaking, the pro-life movement, operating on the basis of a biblical worldview, a whole, complete biblical worldview? My answer is no. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I, I know that might hurts people's feelings. I know that might seem antagonistic. I know it might seem uh, divisive in many ways. But as a Christian... I'm committed to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and to God's word here. Mm. And if that's not consistent, I want to call it down so that we can start being consistent and actually preserving the lives of these children. Mm. It's ultimately about them. It's not about people liking me or Klusendorf or taking a side. It's about these children. That's what it's about. Does not accept. I'd rather not use loaded language. They're going to reject out of hand before they've heard my syllogism. Heard my. How about if a person um, was engaged in the practice of rape? Would you want to say, well, we ought not call it rape because they're just not going to understand that. And rape is generally a very loaded term. Yeah. They're not going to listen. They don't like it. Did he say he'd rather them hear his syllogism first? Yes. Yeah. Is that sled argument? Is that what he's referring to? Um, what does that mean? I think he, that might be, he might be referring to, to that or something he might have said right before this. Not quite sure. His syllogism. Okay. Argument. I'd rather show them the evil. Let them see abortion. Now, here's the question we don't have. An- is it evil? Is it why is, is it evil? Is it evil? Is it murder? Is it what's what's evil about it? When you show somebody a chopped up pile of baby parts, and you say, "Look, evil," I would say, "On what basis?" If because if we take an unbelieving perspective, a an atheistic framework, it's just a bag. It's just pieces of biological stuff. Yep. Mm. Why is that evil? 
Now, if you, if, if you show them this heinous thing of abortion, I have to ask the question, why is that wrong? Mm. What, what is it? What happened? Why is that morally wrong? Why is it something that I ought not do? But how are you going to get there without saying the word murder? How? Answer for it. It's an empirical one, and I've not done the research on it. I'll just tell you the two sides and then tell you what I think. Uh, there are pro-lifers who say the last thing the woman should see before she goes into that clinic is the aborted children pictures. Okay. Uh, by the way, just a little context here. He was asked a question about people who go to abortion mills and uh, stand for the lives of children, preach the gospel, and they say this is murder. Right. That's, that's the context of the question. And so he's now trying to essentially explain his position, a position in terms of how that should actually be done or not be done. Okay. There are others who say, no, we have a lot of decades of doing this, the most important last message for that woman is we will help you. Now, yes. if you're committed to saving lives, you're going to go for the one that's most helpful at that last stop. My friend Eric Scheidler, who has got a lot of experience doing this, not only him, but his dad doing decades of pro-life work in front of abortion clinic. Eric had an interesting observation. He said, what we have found through our study is that if we position the abortion pictures on the road leading into the clinic, but the last stop is the message, we will help you. We save more children than if we put those pictures right at the entrance of the clinic. So as a Christian, I want to save children. So if you're out there and you're saying to women as they go in, you are murdering your baby, repent, believe the gospel, and your last message to them isn't helping save that child, you are failing that child. Wow, man. Here's why I want to call it murder. Here is, here's why I want it to be criminalized. So that I don't have to stand out there with signs anymore. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but yeah. like... <clears throat> If it's criminalized, we don't have to stand in mm -hmm. front of Planned Parenthood anymore. It's That's not right. about like statistics or placement of signs or if there's a sign with a dead baby on it. If we can call it murder because that's what it is and make it illegal because murder is illegal, mm -hmm. then we don't even have to worry about where we stand with our signs anymore. That's right. And also, this this false dichotomy that's brought into here, like it's either or, it's either you you know have a sign here or or don't use this sign or you have this sign. Uh, what, what we do when we go out to the abortion mill, and this isn't about us, but just in terms of our actual practice, we say this is murder. Please don't murder your child. We tell them about Jesus and the hope that's a, that there is in him. And then we offer help. We say we'll adopt your child. We will provide you any services that you need. We want to help you. Please come talk to us. We will listen to you. We want to help you. We, we do the whole package. Mm -hmm. But can I just say this? I've had women come to me over three years of doing this. I've had, I've had women come to me because I'm holding a graphic sign of a murdered child, and they've told me, I've had uh, two, two or three women come to me, and they said, I did not go in there and kill my baby because of your sign. Thank you for bringing that sign today. Yeah, yep. And so, you well, know. And it's because Planned Parenthood, you know, want to know how they describe what's inside of you when you're pregnant? They, emptying when your they, uterus. Right. Yeah. When they describe an abortion, they say emptying your uterus. Mm -hmm. yeah. You've heard abortions being described as some blood will come out. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That is not what it looks like. That's right. Those pictures, as graphic and horrible as they are, mm -hmm. that shows you what's really in there. And a lot of these women who see them, that's the first time they're actually getting a real image yeah. right. of what's happening. Yeah. And remember, uh, it's very, very important. 
that what I've said before, when we've gone out and, and called out to these women and we say something like, please don't murder your child, they turn around and they say to us, they say, I can do what I want to my child. Right. Or can, that's the alternative. Yeah. Or they yeah. know exactly what's happening. They yes. know that that picture is absolutely true and they're yes. fine with it. And they'll, they'll say things like, um, uh, God will forgive me right. yeah. for killing my baby. They know when they go in there what they're doing. Only God can judge me. Yeah, yeah. Only God can judge me. We just had that conversation last night where we're talking about adoption. Like how often have we pleaded with them? We will do anything. I was just there this morning. We will do anything that you need help with. Yeah. And they still go through it. And the reason is because that's the desire of the human heart. Yeah. It's a heart yep. issue. Right. There can be options yep. aplenty, but if the heart isn't changed, right. nothing yeah, happens. Can, can I say something crazy? Like, you know, he's like, well, we save lives, save lives. But I, it's not really about saving lives. It's about saving souls, yes. first and foremost. And so you have two lives, really, to con- two souls, really, there to con- concern yourself with. You have the life of the mother... Uh, the, the the soul of the mother and the soul of the baby too, right? Mm-hmm. I, I know, like Patty Smith told me one time, and I know people have varying views about babies in the womb, but she mentioned that you know we're preaching the gospel to the babies in the womb too, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and they hear that, and so it's not just about saving the life, but it's about saving souls primarily. And you know, uh, John Barros uh, has said that he does something that a lot of people don't do and he waits outside the abortion clinic until the women come out because he's then he can share the gospel with them Mm. afterwards and and uh and that's when you really see him broken and and destroyed and he can he has some of the best uh conversations with him afterwards so it's it's primarily saving souls and if they ignore you and they hear the word murder Maybe two or three days later, after they've killed their child, those words will still be ringing in their ears, and they'll repent. That's right. You know, that's <laughs> so. and that's what that's ultimately it's a it's about that it's about the gospel yeah. and saving babies. It's not this false dichotomy of either or. We get to have both, and we ought to talk about both. It's important to talk about. It really, really is. And. When you suggest that you should not use the word murder here, you don't have the opportunity to bring the law of God into the issue, which means you don't have the opportunity to call anyone to repentance, which, yeah. is, just, which is what this is ultimately about. And, you know, uh, Dr. White said sometime back when he was talking about this issue, he said that he had to pull away from the local pro-life groups that were here when he was a spokesperson for them back in the 80s. He said it was specifically because of this issue when people wanted to start connecting with Roman Catholics and essentially blurring the lines between Rome and Christ. And when they start, wanted to start to not make this about the gospel, he had to say, I can't, I'm not in that game. Mm. I'm not going to be a part of that. And I can't be. And I think that that's, that's commendable, is that you, st- you have to say, look, you have to stand on principle. I know that's such a bad word for many in this movement. Say, oh, you know, you have to be able to let go of your principles. Um, is this about faithfulness to Jesus? Or is this about winning an argument? Mm. Is this about faithfulness to Jesus? I mean, I, I, would like, I would like to suggest that if our nation kills 60 million baby, babies and then doesn't repent in some way of that, then I think that we have to face ahead of us a tough discussion about the judgment of God on our nation. It's not about simply uh, ending abortion, not calling it murder, and just making it distasteful. Um, it's about legislation that says this is murder. You can't kill other human beings right. no matter how small they are. 
It's about ultimately pointing people back to Jesus Christ and the hope that's in him. That should be the substance of our fight. And when it's not, you lose the gospel, you lose the point, and you lose the moral component of the entire argument. And I want to say as a Christian, I'm not willing to give up the moral component of the argument. Now, if the pro-life movement generally wants to give up the moral component, I want to say, rots of luck, fellas, you got nothing. Because nobody actually has any reason to impose legislation upon anybody because of your preference. Yeah. Right. Did, uh, mm. did we get to the part where he said, we'll see whose position is right? No, I don't okay, think we did. Okay, so we're not going to have time to get Probably that. Probably not, yeah. But uh, I, I, you you heard it. We were in there together. He, he basically says, you know, essentially that his position is right. You know, our position, he would say, is wrong. But he's like, ultimately, essentially, we just need to wait and see which position works. And I said, uh, so how many more decades do we need right. to see? Because so far, four decades yeah. worth of your approach hasn't worked. Right. How well, and that's bo- what I mean. Bodies? Like, how how much longer do we meet together and plan out where we're going to stand with our signs before we just say, we're done standing out there with our signs. Let's end it. That's right. That's right. So there you go. Hopefully that was helpful to you guys. I know that a lot more can be said, but that's an entire episode for you guys to meditate on and to think about. Hopefully you guys consider joining the movement to bring the gospel to the abortion mills and join the movement to speak to our legislatures and to demand justice for the preborn and to demand, I'm going to say it, and to demand immediate justice. Yes. If you give a politician, if you give a politician a little bit and you say, if you at least do this, guess what he'll do? He'll do that. But if you go to a politician, you say, I demand justice and I demand I demand that you end this. This is the ultimate goal. The end of child sacrifice in our nation. The end of the murder of children. You let your politicians know that that's all you will accept is the end of abortion. And guess where you're going to finally get? You're going to get there. And how come is it? Can I say this as the last thing? How come? How come? You go to a rally, like a feminist march, downtown in Phoenix or across the nation, any one of them you went to, How come they're so willing to fight without pretending to be neutral? How come they're so willing to stand for their principles and their worldview and their position and they're willing to do everything it takes to get to that end goal? They're not compromising and saying, just give me a little. They want it all. They want the whole package and they said, we're not going to stop until we get it and they're not neutral. How come it's the Christians that are saying, okay, I'll give you this. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. Okay, I'll compromise. Why? Jesus is king of the world with all authority in heaven and on earth. Why are we the ones that are actually compromising and letting go of the biblical principles? It shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that way. I'm Jeff the Ninja. That's Luke the Bear. Peace out. Joy the Girl. Yeah. King Ginger. Hello. And Zach. Thanks for joining us, brother. See you guys. ApologiaRadio.com is where you go, guys. Get an episode. Share with somebody you love. Go to YouTube. Check out Apologia Studio. Some of the new content coming out. Don't forget to sign up for all access. Love you guys. Thank you to every single one of you guys that partners with Apologia Church. We're grateful for you. We love you. We'll catch you next time.